Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio Orchard TV. Great to be with you. Appreciate you being with us. Hope you're well. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house. On Twitter, it's at J. Cameron Show. Didn't mention a couple of the Senior Bowl. Did you see the article on uh, Jamie Robinson? Actually, a big picture thing to note here uh, with Jamie Robinson. I was reading a scouting report, and Tom, I thought this worked perfect for him. I actually like the Senior Bowl. Just if you guys couldn't tell, I actually kind of do like it. Uh, it, it's, it's just a pretty cool opportunity. Think about this. If you're a kid that gets to go to that and we have a couple and I'm mentioning Jamie Robinson right now, Bill Belichick is working with these guys. Like a lot of the pro coaches love this event because it's a hands-on deal where you get to coach them up and teach a lot of the practices offer these opportunities to really teach the skill sets that are going to need in the NFL that maybe they didn't utilize or get taught in college. It's fun to watch those things or to listen to those guys talk about it. Apparently, it's a fun thing to attend to because if you yeah. go there for the trainings, I mean, it's just kind of open. You, you could you, just enjoy watching worlds collide in football. So if you love the sport, this is an event where nobody is is trying to keep a secret. There's no paranoia. They're just saying, all right, let's see what you got. We've got a couple of mutual friends who've, who've attended every year for like 15 years, and yes. the stories are awesome about you get a chance to walk up and talk to a Bill Belichick in the stands, and you get a chance to walk over and talk to an elite quarterback and just pick their brain about stuff. Like It, it is that open. Yeah, it, It's essentially what spring training is to baseball. Mm. This is to football, where everybody just kind of relaxes and they're willing to have a conversation. And I thought it was an excellent touch. I mean, they, they just, another one for the Knowles, but Norvell and oh, Fuller. Oh, it was a smart move. Yes, multiple people from the, I think it was Derek Ray and Bruce Warwick, I think. Yeah, they were all there. All of them went out. In support. They got a photo with Jamie, but Jamie said, he put out on Twitter, if it's not for you guys, my head coach and my coordinator, I wouldn't have grown into the man that I am. It's just, 
wonderfully done across the board. You want to support him genuinely, but then also he takes it to another level. Nicely done, Florida State. Well executed. Well, there's a write-up very quickly that I think is is interesting. They're talking about those that have the most to gain, the most to lose, and why that is uh, at Senior Bowl. And you got to remember, too, the other part of this is you've got guys that maybe didn't have a platform where they, they weren't seen. So, for example, if you're Andre Carter II, he's an edge rusher from Army. Not a ton of these pros guys were watching Army play this year. You know, he didn't get a chance to showcase his skills against elite teams consistently. Um, the Princeton wide receiver that's there, obviously an Ivy League kid, any Ivy League kid is going to want an opportunity to show that he can run with and and be as strong and, and, and can hold up against top-tier Division One talent. You've got the... Uh, you got a quarterback there from from Shepherd College. I don't even know where that is. You know, you have a lot of guys that have opportunities to to maybe showcase their abilities. But on to the Jamie Robinson write-up. And I thought this was interesting because it's true. And I thought this, when when he was announced that he was going to the Senior Bowl, I thought, hmm, this will be a, a great opportunity for him. And he'll see it this way. By the way, I don't know if I've ever shared this on the air. But now, since it's in the past, I can. At the time, they didn't want it to get out, uh, mainly because of Fabian Lovett's injury. But some of the Florida State players visited my son's middle school, and he plays football. And, I mean, they were over the moon to meet all these players. And one of them was Jamie Robinson. And my son, my youngest, has a picture with Jamie Robinson, and Jamie signed his phone and did all this stuff. And so he loves Jamie Robinson. That is his player. But what I think is cool is that it was relayed to me by his coach and some of the people that were there just how cool Jamie was with all of those kids and how he was helping them, teaching them footwork if they played his position. Like, here's what you need to know. And then followed up with them later on. Like, he, my son follows him on Instagram. He's written back to him. Like, hope you're doing well. how the season finish up? Just cool things to relate to people because we don't always get to see that side of yeah. these players. So I'm glad you got to tell that story because it was in the midst of when is Fabian returning and Fabian was one of the guys out there. Yeah, Fabian so, yeah. was out there and it was hilarious because it actually came up, meaning Fabian was out there and he, the speculation was how close is he to playing? Is it this week or is it next week? And he was moving around pretty well. Well, my son asked to take a picture with him and he takes a picture with him along with some other kids. And then somebody mentions, hey, be careful, Fabian. His dad's the radio guy. And Fabian goes, what radio guy? He's the sports radio guy. He's like, hey, kid, tell your dad. You can't say anything about me being out here <laughs> So, So Clark came home and was like, hey, dad, don't, don't mention that Fabian was at this thing. I said, I'm not going to mention any of it. But that did happen. It was kind of funny. So they were teasing Fabian like, oh, you done screwed up now. See, this is how it happens. This is how things get out. Dad, he will block me on Instagram. Don't do it. Well, I don't want to piss off Fabian Lovett. I can tell you that. That's a big man. <laughs> but <laughs> Quick hands, too. Yeah. No, and he's back for another year. Yeah, which so is great, go. which is great. Um, but Jamie Robinson, so back to the on-the-field stuff that I think is going to be interesting for him and whether he can translate to the NFL and, and play and have a meaningful role in the NFL. And it's because he spent so much time in the box for an undersized guy because he's such a good tackler. I think I find it fascinating. So this was one of the write-ups, and I think this is exactly right. Robinson played a unique safety-slash-linebacker role at Florida State. He looked tremendously fast to the football his entire career with the Knowles. But at under five foot eleven and 195 pounds, he's on the small side for the safety spot, particularly if he's going to roam in the box as a nickel linebacker or a strong safety. 
Robinson's going to have to be very dynamic during the team workouts and the game itself to provide evidence to scouts and GMs that he can live in the box at the next level because it best suits his skill set. I think that's true. I, I mean, obviously, it is a different game in the league. We know that. Bigger, stronger, faster, every level you go up. But he was very physical. He's well put together for his size, but he is undersized. I think he's got to weigh in it more than that now, right? I think he's got to be placed much larger than that. He does. Yeah, he yeah. does. But that, I mean, they weigh these kids there. So, I mean, I, I have a feeling that might be inaccurate. Yeah, I don't know about sideline to sideline. You know, that's part of the responsibility, too. If you're going to be close to the line of scrimmage, you got to be able to work around some things. I think he's going to make a roster. I think oh, he's, he's going to get drafted. He, yes. He'll be, at the very least, a good special teams player and a rotational piece in the defensive backfield. He's got too much of a knack for the football. That's the number one element. And he's got the nastiness necessary. You can't be afraid or timid in the NFL. The plays happen too fast. If you're timid, they're going to run by you. They're going to run through you. He's not timid. So he's got the makeup, I think, between the ears. He's got the makeup to play. He's going to be an interesting case, though, because he's a tweener. He is. Yeah, he is. I'm rooting for him. I like the kid. I just gave you all the reasons I like him. He was a good player here. He worked really hard. He was really nice to my kid. <laughs> but but he was nice to the other kids, too. It wasn't just mine. So, yeah, I, I'm rooting for that guy to succeed. I root for all these guys to succeed, unless they're jerks when they're here. But uh, this that's the other thing about that team that we loved so much last year. I mean, we could all hope that it's similar this next year, but uh, each, year has, each team has a one-year shelf life. You just don't know, but it's going to be hard to live up to what this team was, I think, in, in terms of headaches for Mike Norvell. I don't even mean about the way they handle media availabilities. or I'm just saying, as you get better, there are more egos in the room. And Coach Norvell does a really good job at vetting before the kids come on campus as either high schoolers or transfer portal guys if they're going to fit. But still, as you're getting high four-stars and, and five-star type players. And that's the transformation you have to make if you're going to win championships. That's something that Correct. I do think that ultimately we have to get to. There's no doubt about that. You can't survive solely in the transfer it, portal. It can be amicable. It could be professional, for lack of a better word. But I don't know that it's going to be kumbaya. There was a whole lot of kumbaya to this team. You they had to. Be, they had it. to because when you're having to buy into the extent that they had to buy in, you're taking a leap of faith. And the way you take a leap of faith or one of the easier ways to take a leap of faith is if you're doing it with somebody else. You know, it's not just you out on an island trying to say that I'm all in everybody else. You know, you, you, it helps when you have a group of guys like, no, come on, let's do this. Let's work hard. Let's buy in. Let's listen to what coach is saying. Let's see if this, this pays off. And it did pay off. That's the other part of it. They came out the other side of a three game losing streak and won all the remaining games. You wonder had that not happened, if they had had one more hiccup, you know, what we would have got from that point forward. But they didn't, so there it is. I do believe it's built on something very real. I've talked about this before. I got asked a question recently, a mutual friend of ours, good friend of mine. Uh, he said that he was asked a question that, hey, I listened to that show, and those guys seem to think that Mike is a really good leader of men. Where did he gain, where did he garner his philosophy from, if that's the case? Was it inherent that he just figured out along the way or was it learned did he learn it from somebody specific is he does he buy into a certain philosophy and i've told this story a bunch and it's easily found i mean mike was basically raised from what i can understand in a, a single parent household and football saw a lot of father figures for him he played football obviously uh like a lot of us you, you get into peewee football you play you encounter a lot of uh, coaches position coaches head coaches of the like 
and they have an influence on your life. I can name several coaches that I still quote and I still think about the impact they had on my life. If you're lucky, you get one of those guys at least. If you're really lucky, you get two or three of those kinds of guys that transform the way you think about what it means to, to, to be a man or to work hard or to buy in or to whatever it might be, right? Be a teammate. And Mike has alluded to the fact that he had several father figures uh, from the world of football, and that's why he feels like he owes the game, loves the game, wants to get back to the game. I think, personally, that's why he is very – he does a very good job of relating to kids. If you, if you think about kids from rural neighborhoods or inner city or whatever it might be, there are a lot of situations that aren't ideal. A lot of kids that play football uh, that grow up impoverished, grow up without one of the parents in their households, not all, obviously, but there's a lot of situations like that. We countless stories of it. And how many of those players have talked about whether you're growing up in farm country or, uh, you know, a dilapidated poor neighborhood, whatever it might be, how many of those guys that make it go back and say, oh, thank God I had football. Thank God I had athletics. Thank God I had a great teacher, whatever it might be, right? Well, if you're that guy that they're talking about, clearly there's a relatability factor to that for a good percentage of your roster, which is important, which I think is a great thing. Mike Mike looked up to those coaches, looked up to those guys as father figures, guys that could teach him the right way to go about your business, the right way to prepare, the right way to work, the right and so and the and, you know, if you're teaching somebody how to be a good man, a good teammate, all those things, and it works and you and you learned it from those guys and you pass it on. Pay it forward. People can tell what's genuine and what's disingenuous. I mean, it doesn't take long for kids to see through grownups, whether that's a teacher, that could be anybody. That could be a pastor, a teacher, it could be a cop, it could be, it could be a football coach, it could be whomever. You know the real ones. And then the ones that are just saying things with rhetoric to get you to do what they want because it benefits them as opposed to they truly care about you. Well, and that's where you want to see better quality as our guys get other opportunities as assistant coaches and they move forward. That's what happened with Kenny Dillingham is now a head coach, some others as well along the way. You want to have a staff full of the real ones like that, but then also you want to succeed at a level to where a kid can make a choice between what I believe to be a disingenuous dude up at Clemson and Mike Norvell. But I think, that right now it becomes a no contest until maybe recently because they're going to play for championships. That's what they do. That's what they do at Clemson. That's not what we do around here. It's been a Hasn't long been. time. Hasn't been. Yeah. been a long time since we have. In the minds of 17 and 18-year-olds, absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. They were in first grade They were or younger when we were relevant in, in the national scheme. So let's get our success to a place where now they can judge it based upon the head man. Maybe there's a tiebreaker there versus the will to play for a title winning out over the guy they liked more. Because there are a lot of kids in the previous recruiting cycles who said, well, I love everything about Coach Norvell. I just don't know that he's going to be here. Well, right. It was, used against, it was used against us in recruiting, rightfully so. If I were competing against Florida State and I heard kids repeatedly say how much they liked the messaging from Mike and they enjoyed the visits and they believed in what he had to tell them, well, I'd be concerned because i got to beat that guy. Now, how would I go about my business? How would I slight that guy without offending that kid who's already publicly stated he likes him and believes in him and, and, and trusts him? Well, I would point out that he may not be there. It'd be a hell of a thing for you to invest your future, regardless of how good a man he might be. Son, I love him too. He seems like a great guy. I, I would have hired him if Florida State hadn't grabbed him. But here's the thing. 
there's a real good chance they're going to fire him. I mean, they keep losing football games. That's a, it's a it's a business. I would have hired him as my offensive coordinator. Yeah, a little flex. Yeah, but I I couldn't do it because uh, Florida State beat me to the punch, and now it looks like unfortunately they're going to let a good man go. Maybe I'll get a chance to bring him in, but I I don't know how you can trust that. I mean, we'll see. Now forgetting, forget the beating to the punch. Now we're just going to punch people. That's what we're going to do around here. <laughs> we're delivering the so, punch. So so the bottom line is they did use uh, the instability at Florida State against him, which you can't do it anymore can't do it any now there's, there's no question that he's going to be here for a while and things are moving in the right direction so you have to find another avenue to attack Florida State and recruiting and um this is why it's of vital importance that Florida State have a winning season again this year I don't mean winning season like a really good season 10 10 wins or more again you got to back it up and show sustainability uh, this year was the coming out party next year is the proof positive that we're going nowhere but upwards so that's an interesting question. If you were going to approach it from a different program's perspective. What would I do to knock Florida State? Well, yeah. I, I can tell you what I would do, and this is this tells you everything. This tells you everything about why it's two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to a certain side of the ball. Chef Cambridge on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day, and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se, and I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels, and also uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin. Your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it. And I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. If you haven't seen that clip that's made its way around uh, the interwebs of Bo Jackson talking to Adam LaRoche's son, 
Have you ever seen that? Just go find it. It's out there. It's in any number of baseball sites have it. You can just type it in. Uh, but he's talking to Adam LaRoche's son, and Adam LaRoche doesn't know who Bo Jackson is. I mean, his son doesn't. And so this, the kid is he's on the field, and they're all warming up. Bo's an instructor with the White Sox. And the kid's like, did you, did you play? <laughs> so thus begins the conversation. And Bo's trying to be humble. He's like, oh, yeah, I played football and, and baseball. And then the, the subsequent questions, he's, yeah, I was, uh, I was the only player in history to be an all-star and uh, in the Pro Bowl in the same year, but played a little bit. <laughs> like, going through it, it's it's funny just to listen. And it's so innocent. Like, the kid is innocent, and Bo's trying to dance around. Like, how do I tell this kid I'm one of the greatest athletes to ever live without saying I'm one of the greatest athletes to ever live? How would you rate them quickly? Just, you've got... Dion, you've got Bo, and you've got Charlie Ward, who are three very, very different two-sport athletes. In terms of degree of difficulty, maybe not overall athleticism. I was going to say overall athleticism. You've got to say Bo Jackson is Correct. one of the great freaks to ever but live. Degree of difficulty, because obviously hitting a baseball is very, very difficult. But so is running the point at the NBA. It's Yeah. Yeah, it is. Charlie had a long career, too, in the NBA. A lot of football players that wish that they were basketball players at the NBA level. A lot of them. And, you know, like, for example, T.O. and Tony Gonzalez would play in the NBA Summer League. Yeah, Randy Mosk would have liked, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. So, it's just hard to compare the three, but I just wondered where that kind of sat in your mind, because all of those players are, I remember them from the, from the professional days, but you remember them from the whole ride. Yeah, I can remember Bo at Auburn and all that, and of course I remember Dion, obviously, here, and then in the NFL. And Yeah, um... I mean, I think Bo sits atop the mountain there. I mean, I, I just he he could have done anything. I mean, that that's the the level. He could have been a point guard, though. At, well, I don't you know? know about that. I don't know if he could have been a point guard. I don't know if he even liked basketball. But I I <laughs> he he was such a freak of nature that had the ability to not only run like the wind blows, but the power to go with, and the arm strength is an uncanny element of what Bo had. Like there's some of those throws that you can find online are the throws of the stuff of legend. They're Clemente-esque. They're things that you shouldn't be able to do. Um, and then then you see those little feats of strength where you're like, oh, that's a different level. Like when he's enraged and he breaks the fat part of the bat over his thigh like it's a toothpick. Like Not, not the handle. <laughs> you're like, whoo, that's different. Um, but you know, Dion tells a funny story of getting run over by Bo Jackson. That that he talks. About, I just saw that recently. He's talking about Florida State Auburn played, and Bo ran his ass over. And he's he's like, I I came at it the wrong way, wrong guy. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, there's no shame in that. Bo was what he was. One of the great tragedies is that hip injury because if that had not happened, who knows what that career would have been. It's weird now. Subsequently, people go back because they get tired of hearing about what a great athlete he was, and then they look up the stats in baseball, baseball and football, and neither one of them stand out in a way that speaks to preternaturally gifted. In either sport, and yet we know for those that us that watched him, what he was and what he would have been had he not got hurt. Yeah, it's <laughs> he also was mean. He was like really mean. Apparently, it, it took years and years and years for him to kind of get past the anger of his childhood. Which, if you the book just came out, and if you read that book, uh, I've read excerpts. I have not read the whole book, but I want to. And in it, he had a horrible childhood. He had a severe stutter, which I also remember, and he was made fun of for that all the time, and I'm sure that led to a lot of anger management issues. And 
probably a lot of kids getting an ass kicking too because if once that guy snaps it's <laughs> you got a problem yeah yeah you wonder what the cutoff was like if he's in third grade could he take down a seventh grader probably probably yeah high school probably a little too much at that point but yeah wouldn't take real long yeah <laughs> right wouldn't By take fifth grade yeah, yeah. Let's solve for the future with my partners and friends at ISF. They know that you want to do amazing things. Those visions and goals, they're out there. But uh, sometimes you need some help in solving for the future and those challenges that are inherent to government operations, right? ISF is, in fact, an IT and strategy firm. They've been doing it for over 40 years. They do it for the entire country. They projects, over 1,500 projects around the nation. And they're right here in Tallahassee, Florida, which is Fantastic for our community, certainly, and they have successfully partnered with their clients to ensure they adapt to the changes technologically and otherwise become much more efficient is ISF. So we were asking the question before the break, and this per, you know suits us perfectly for uh, ISF and solving for the future. Uh, if you're attacking Florida State on the recruiting trail, A, they still haven't accomplished anything just yet. They had a nice 10-win season. They're a sexier team than they were, but they haven't won the ACC under Mike Norvell. That one winning season under Mike Norvell. So they're big picture things that you could still question if you were competing against Florida State and you wanted to say, hey, look, guys, it was a nice year for them last year. It's about time they finally had a winning season. But, you know, we're Georgia. We're so-and-so. We, we just won back-to-back -back national championships. You're not going to out-recruit that team just yet. But. The area where I think you could probably attack Florida State is you could say, do they have a championship staff on defense? Is that defense coached by guys that are going to bring you to the national championship? Because our guys can, and you're, if you're Alabama or you're Clemson or you're Georgia. That's what you're using against Florida State. We've done that. And we've, we've even successfully navigated those guys leaving, and we've hired, you know, we've continued to prove that we're the standard bearer there. We, we play the best defense in all the land. And uh, in a, in a, you know, in a sport that's become really difficult to get stops, we get them more often than everybody else. There are very few programs in the country that can say that. If you're arguing, if you're competing against Georgia, if you're competing against Alabama, if you're competing against Clemson, schools like that, who this past year, two of those schools did not play very well on defense, but we get the point there consistently. I would ask that question, and I would point to the fact that, you know, look, Randy Shannon is not known as an elite recruiter. If you're not an elite recruiter, if you're an average to poor recruiter, then you better do something exceptionally well. Your coaching acumen has to be otherworldly. Don't know that that is either. So you may have, I'm using him as an example, there may be other people to point to that you think aren't up to the standard of a championship caliber defense. Well, and that's what Michael Langston had put on the boards during the early signing period of the recruiting season, and he stamped it just as you just did. Just as I just did. Yeah, that it's development. Development from the high school ranks is something that was used against defensive backs that were considering well, FSU. we got him out of there, so I, I attacked but, that last year. But you could, yes, you did, with great development. Yes. Um, that's the thing that you could say, for me, is, is how many guys are they actually developing from high school? So if you're making this decision, young man, leaving the prep ranks... What is their track record of getting you to where you need to go? Very good in the transfer portal. They're very good with 20 to 21-year-olds, but what's their plan for you in your formative years? Mm -hmm. How are you going to get to where you need to be from 18 to 20 years old so you can take that next step? That's where we have shown the track record to hone in the guys and improve the guys that we bring in from high school. Now, they do a great job in the portal. 
But look at what we do for you in your redshirt season, next, your redshirt freshman season, your redshirt sophomore season. It's the next big step for it this is. staff to prove themselves in. We know that they've done the things necessary to arrive at a place where you can further expectations and have greater hopes for what is possible. But until that step is taken, you won't be fully realized. So we, we get that. And I understand it doesn't happen overnight. So if I'm talking about it from, from the standpoint of a Florida State fan or my analysis of Florida State, I get that it's a process. I get that it takes uh, winning season upon winning season to begin to change the minds of high school kids. Got it. That's set. In some cases. In some cases. And that's the downside of this staff's makeup. The plus side we've just seen. I think they're really good at game planning. I think they're certainly really good at messaging. I think they've done a very good job of creating a culture that people want to stick around and be part of or join. They have done a great job of player analysis in the portal. They've taken kids that had success at their previous stop, brought them in, and elevated their level of play, uh, thus further strengthening their position with players all throughout the portal. The next step is high school, and you went out and got a Patrick Sertan to help you do that because your last defensive backs coach was not doing that, and he wasn't developing players more importantly. I think Sertan will do both. I think he's got great inroads to South Florida, which is going to go a long way in bringing in four- and five-star caliber players for the back end of this defense, and, 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 and he's certainly very confident. He wasn't shy about that question yesterday, was he? No, it's awesome, and he, you've got to have that. I think, I think it's important, especially if you're recruiting kids in South Florida. I, I like it. I'm fine with that. A little edge to you, a lot of confidence to you. Very important. And, of course, he can back it up because his resume speaks volumes about who he is and what he's accomplished. So they hit a home run there, which, again, should lead directly to more successes in the high school ranks of recruiting. Now, let's hope we see that. You know, Let's hope we see that after this upcoming season. The 2024 class has got to be better as it pertains to the high school kids. This year's emphasis as it pertains to the collective was roster retention portal. Okay, got it. Again, you're still filling in holes in the various segment groups that weren't where they needed to be for you to win this conference or for you to go to the college football playoff. So you didn't have time to wait on a freshman. Fine. Got it. It was imperative that you got Jarrett Verse in the portal to replace Jermaine Johnson, who you got in the portal, who had to replace kids that weren't capable. Okay? So that's what we'll say. And that did not come from the portal. That, yeah, right, right. So I get why they went that route. I laud them for their success. They've done a great job of that. They've created a culture. Now let's get some high school kids in that culture and continue to develop it. I think they can, and I think they will because wins beget that. I mean, you have to, you have to win games and change minds. Well, that's what's fun to me here is, yes, the negative recruiting has to get more nuanced oh, it's, because we're yeah. getting better. And, and it's, that's a harder case to make. Is it potentially correct, especially on the defensive side of the ball, about track record to this point? Sure, sure. You, you can make that case, and it could be compelling enough for a kid who's good enough to consider the better... Yeah, the elite programs that you've got to take down. In recent history programs, yeah, last five years or so. Mm -hmm. they could You could sway them. But you have to make a nuanced case now. It's not as... Certainly more nuanced, Especially yes. on the offensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the well, ball. I don't even think you could go there. They flipped it overnight. Yeah, I don't even think you would go there on the offensive side of the ball. I think if you were negatively recruiting Florida State, you would be foolish to, to start on the offensive side. Well, but what I'm saying is there are some prospects who are only offensive players. Correct. It just got a whole hell of a lot harder to compete against us in the recruiting trail 
for a running back receiver. And now after this season, I would project tight end, offensive lineman. I mean, look out. Look at what they did with Jordan Travis as a quarterback. That Now you're going to get the stigma of being a developer of quarterbacks. So if you're going against us in this footprint for one of those positions, it just got a whole hell of a lot harder in the last 12 months to win out over Florida State. Yeah, I think it's going to continue to be difficult. This is what happens when programs build themselves back up. I mean, what are you saying when you're recruiting a kid? So if you put the shoe on the other foot, let's get back to being us for a second. If you're vying for a kid that wants to go to, to or has the opportunity to go to Clemson, Georgia, or Alabama, well, you really cannot argue uh, that those are all fine institutions of higher learning that also excel on the football field. You have to sell you. You can't negatively recruit Alabama. You can't neg- like the only thing you can say is it's going to be a minute before you get on the field there, son. They've got five and six receivers that are all five-star kids, so you're not going to come in and play right away. Okay, you can do that. That's it. That's it. Other than that, you can't attack any other aspect. You're just better off propping yourself up in what you can provide. Yeah, and you can't promise playing time right now on the offensive side of the ball. We're too loaded for the next year or two. In terms of that depth chart, like Hakeem is – because if you're talking to a 24 kid who's a receiver, you've got Hakeem along with the leftovers from this year for next season in terms of the starting role. So it's going to be a couple years here at that position at running back. Now behind Benson next year, you're looking at Kaziah, Rodney Hill. The good news is, though, I will say at those positions, if you're a forward-thinking, you know, if you have a team of people around you that are forward-thinking as a running back, you don't want to go to a place where you're going to carry the ball 27 times a game. You want to break that up so that you have, you know, the ability to go on and still have something in the tank when you go to the league. I mean, any really any offense anymore. There's very few exceptions. I mean, Bijan Robinson gets a ton of carries at Texas because he's a special, talented player. But, I mean, very few people have like a one-back offense and or feature back where they say that guy gets 28 carries like in the olden days when I grew up. That doesn't happen anymore, really. And that's a pitch you could make to kids who, who believe that wear and tear is important. That's the pitch actually Jimbo made to Dalvin Cook, ironically enough. Dalvin said he chose Florida State because we don't, utilize just one running back right. yeah. <laughs> and what did we end up doing well we beat Dalvin to hell for our own sake that's all we had towards the end of Jimbo's time and and it was what we needed to do to win 10 football games in 2016 but on offense if you have the type of kid on the high school circuit that can accept that one week he'll have six catches another week he'll have one and he's okay with that that does cater to what this offense is about if you're being honest about what we do here, the game plan or the focus can yeah. change any given week. It does. We're too balanced. I love that we're that kind of balance. It's the reason that I have nothing but high hopes for what this offense will be for the foreseeable future. They are not just one thing. They continue to be dynamic. They utilize the roster's skill set better than most. They game plan well. This for me, again, I'm gonna I'll say this till I'm blue in the face. The pressure is all on the defense this year. They're gonna have to step up and be much better. They took a step forward last year. They were better last year than they were the year before. There's no doubt about that. They were coordinated. Whereas before I was questioning whether or not they were coordinated. That was an awful thing to have to say. I mean, that is a damning indictment of your coaching skills if I'm questioning whether or not the defense is coordinated. Now, they are definitely coordinated, but he may not be good enough. And there are areas where I thought you could upgrade. They did in one. I still will maintain they're probably going to have to, before this is all said and done, 
make a couple more changes. But, all right, at least we made one change, and the guy we brought in I think is a no-brainer. I really do. I, that When they announced Patrick Sertan, I, there we go. Do you think he helps solve for the future? Yeah, man. In the same way that ISF will help you solve for your future. You and your staff, you work hard. Constituents depend on you. They collaborate with you. They'll reduce costly inefficiencies. They'll get the most out of the technologies. Work with you. Prosper. ISF. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3. Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show brought to you by orange theory fitness two tallahassee locations midtown on thomasville road and north side in the village common shopping center online at orangetheoryfitness.com Wow, wow, wow. Tomorrow, Libations Friday. That's a good thing. Hey, did you see? Did you actually go and look at it? Louisville's schedule for next year? No. God, dog. It's that simple? You ready? W's and L's, Louisville. I mean, it's insane. Uh, W's. Wins. All right, all right, all right. How you doing? Losses. Damn it. We lost. We f***ing super lost, man. Where do we triumph? Where doth thou fall? So for those that don't remember, they brought in uh, their their prodigal son in uh, Jeff Brom. He's coming in from Purdue and taking the job at Louisville. Very good offensive mind. And you ask yourself, well, Who's going to replace Malik Cunningham, who's a very good college quarterback? There's no getting around that. Well, it's Jack Plummer, who had 21 touchdowns and more than 3,000 yards passing last year at Cal. Pretty good player. Uh, he's familiar with Brahms' system. He spent three seasons at Purdue prior to going to Cal. Oh, very nice. So you got a guy that knows the system and has been productive. All right. So that said, they've got some guys that are equipped to do some things about it. Nothing great, but they would also got a running back from Wisconsin who averaged over six yards of carry last year. They've done some roster building. Brom comes in, hits the ground running. That should be a more cohesive group. He's a good coach. If that running back does well, they won't use him anyway. <laughs> He'll succeed in the first quarter, and then they'll throw it the rest of the game. So for those that don't know, Louisville, folks, does not play Clemson. They do not play Florida State. And they do not play North Carolina. So I'm going to start there. 
by telling you they don't play the three best teams in the ACC. That's a hell of a thing. They must love the new three-three-five model, Tom. Man, that makes that game at Clemson all the more important, sir. Well, that's why I'm bringing this up. Because I went back and looked at the schedules. I knew that Louisville had, even on night, the night that the schedule was announced, I was like, oh, Louisville seems to have an easy schedule. But I went back and looked at it this morning. And I went, well, damn. This is criminal. They're like, oh, the three three fives for us. I love the schedule changes. No divisions. Beautiful thing. They played Georgia Tech in Atlanta week one. Poor Georgia Tech. Sweet Jesus. Speaking of poor Georgia Tech. They just got housed in basketball by Louisville. Oh, really? Three win Louisville. When do we play them again? Oh, so Tech, game number one. Murray State, game number two. I'm going to go win-win to start the year for Louisville. At Indiana. Indiana's back to being sorry-ass Indiana. 3-0. Boston College at home. Oh, God. Here we go. Guys, let's just do this again. Georgia Tech, Murray State, Indiana, BC. That's the start of the season for Louisville. The Brom era is off to a good start at 4-0. Okay, I'll grant you, here's your first real test, and it's these three games that will determine whether or not we should get concerned about Louisville, meaning that we can't slip up because they could supplant us. Yeah, we won't even know. We'll have already played Clemson. So here it is. They play. At NC State, September 29th, okay. home to Notre Dame, and at Pitt. Yeah, Notre Dame wouldn't count as a conference loss. It's not though. a conference loss, but I'm saying that stretch of three games yeah, yeah. has to feature a loss. They can influence each other. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So NC State, on the road, Notre Dame, at Pitt. But they're home to Duke. That's not a gimme, especially for them, but home to Duke. Virginia Tech, home, home to Virginia at Miami, which, whatever, and home to Kentucky. That's the schedule. That's it. That's all. Good God. It's Georgia Tech, Murray State, Indiana, BC, NC State, Notre Dame, Pitt, Duke, Tech, Virginia, Miami, and Kentucky. You're not going to get – I mean, the fact that you're avoiding Drake May, the fact that you're avoiding Jordan Travis, Cade Klubnik, you're, you're, you're avoiding every good quarterback in the league. Who are their fixtures then? Would be my question. Because it's three three five, meaning you got thick or three five five. Excuse me, it's three five five. But you got no, it's three three five. Is it three five? No, because the five rotate. The three are the fixed. It's, it's the three three five know, model. That's a, that's a defense, but no, no, it's the three three five model. But you've got three fixtures. Either way you slice, you yeah, got yeah, three yeah. fixtures. Who the hell are their? Are I didn't. Their, I didn't look up with who their fixtures are, but obviously the team. Pitt, probably Duke and. Duke Pitt NC State? I don't know. We have to look it up. Jeez. Two of the Cardinals' road games are neutral site games. When you think of Georgia Tech is at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and, and Indiana is at Lucas Oil Stadium. So, I mean, it's not necessarily neutral site games, but pretty close. I don't know, man. That's uh... The Cardinals have never had a 10-win season since joining the ACC. They've never played for the ACC championship. People forget that. Even though they had Lamar. Yeah, if not now, when? So next year with the other five, it'll it'll rotate in. Well, they lost they, they won they won eight games a year ago. They had two losses by a combined five points mm -hmm. against a much tougher schedule. So this year the schedule gets easier. You've got a better coach. 
and you avoid, you know, obviously the, the but three you, best teams in the you league. You don't have a great eraser at quarterback. You've got a new system you got to break in. These are all the questions that they're going to But face. the quarterback knows the system like the back of his hand because he played in it for three years. That goes a long way in expediting it that does. process, too. So I'm not telling you, like, we should be sitting around here scared to death of Louisville. I am saying that that is uh, that's something. I mean, that, that's an easy road for them to kind of be a problem. That's all I'm saying. It, it could be a bit of an issue. We might be like, damn, these guys are seven. going to have to look up the tiebreaker in the standings. Is it ranking? It's ranking. The the okay. The, so the league can decide, as I understand it, who's playing in the ACC championship game. But it's likely to be based on the two highest ranked teams. Right. Right. Or but if you've got a better conference record, they can't decide. Uh, no, that no, has to be I, only no, no, the tiebreaker. Right. No, yeah, it can't be willy yeah. nilly. It can't just be like, well, this team's undefeated. They've lost five times. I like the team that's lost five times, John. We're gonna go North Carolina yeah, and Clemson. Yeah, yeah. No, they can't do that. But if it's all things equal, yeah. And so at tie. that point, you just need one. You need them to lose one freaking time. That's what you need. Well, they will. I mean, that's why I'm not as concerned. But what if they lose once and we lose once? We'll be we'll be higher ranked. If we only lose once, that uh, means that by definition, we beat either LSU or Clemson. Well, in this case, we would beat LSU and lose to Clemson. The LSU win would carry us much higher in the in the top 25. If Notre Dame's good and that's Louisville's only loss, it could still be a question. I agree with you, though. I don't. I'm not as worried about it, but it, it's interesting. Uh, I think I feel again like Florida State. When we go through our schedule, I continue to circle those two games, and the only other game that I look at that I get nervous about is one that they also play on the road at Pitt. So they're going to have that game as well. So if Pitt is really good, which we speculated it was a possibility that they could be the surprise team, um, well, Louisville has to play them on the road as well. So that that you know. We'll have that head-to-head, I guess, and that since they play them on October the 14th. It is funny, by the way, when you look at Pitt, when we play them in November, you talk about not knowing what you're going to get. November last year, in the same month, featured a game against North Carolina at Pitt. I think that was the game, uh, which was 29 degrees with 14 or mile-per-hour winds. Uh, 14 to 20 mile per hour winds in 29 degree weather. That that hurts your feelings if you're sitting in the stands for that one, let alone playing in it. But the but earlier in the same month, it was 77 degrees. Interesting schedule for Pitt. You're going to know quite a bit about them by October. They start out, it's Wofford, whatever, but then it's Cincinnati at West Virginia, and then they host North Carolina. I mean, as far as out-of-conference schedule goes, that's that's not nothing there, that three-game sequence before they start their conference play with North Carolina. And then we know that their lead up to us is they play Notre Dame, and they play Notre Dame on the road the week that before we that go helps. up there. That's that's a nice little. That's why I say the ACC kind of they pe- did us okay. They did us okay. Most of the team post Clemson, the teams that play us, none of them have a bye before playing us, and all of them play either Notre Dame, Clemson, or NC State. The sequence of the four games. Let's just say Louisville's average to By above the way, average. This is a quality tub talk. I like this tub talk right here. This is the kind of fun and games in the tub where we're talking about the schedule and. What's fair and what's not fair and teams to worry about. It's time for Tub Talk. Brought to you by Pinch-A-Penny Pools and Spas. Buy yourself the hot tub you've always wanted at the price you've always wanted from Pinch-A-Penny on Greer Street. Now, it's live to the tub. We were already in the tub, announcer guy. We've been in the tub. 50-plus hot tubs in stock and ready for delivery. No waiting for your order to arrive for weeks on end. No, sir. Installation included on certain models. Pinch-A-Penny Pools and Spas. 
Locally owned, right there on Greer Street. Support locally owned businesses. Pinch a penny. Four-game sequence culminating with Florida State is Louisville at Wake at Notre Dame and FSU. Yeah. yeah. It has a tough road it's this like, year. It's like, damn it, man. They finish with Syracuse and Boston College, and then they go to Duke to close out their season. That's a little bit easier. But, I mean, you've got a three-game stretch with Cincinnati at West Virginia. That's just yeah. a harrowing sight to see in those stands. Then you host Drake May, and it's Louisville, Wake, Notre Dame, Florida State. Yikes. You going up to uh, Pittsburgh with me this year? I would say that that would be more likely than Boston. If I was going to make a roadie, you'd be more likely to go to Pitt than to go to Boston. Yeah, You'd love it, buddy. I really think you would like it. Um, you'd like it. Even if we just did the Natural History Museum, the Carnegie Museum uh, is insane. A lot of good ones. By the way, the Heinz Center is awesome, too. You'd like that as well. There's a science center, the Carnegie Science Carnegie Giddy everything. The science center there is awesome as well. I've been to that. Carnegie Mellon? Mm-hmm. The, yeah, yeah, I've been to that campus. Thornton Mellon? Yeah. You can go to the Carnegie Museum of Art. I've also been to that. Carnegie's like, I got you. It's good stuff. Good work out of you. Good work, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. Have a great night. We'll talk to you on a Live Nations Friday. Peace.